welcome to the Open Government Podcast. I'm Richard Pietro. And I'm Samir Vasta. As always, the Open Government Podcast brings you an interview with someone working on open government and citizen engagement in their community. And today we have Dan Scott, who is a systems librarian at Laurentian University. And for the OGT event, Dan, you started talking about schema.org, structured data for the web and all that. Can you give our audience and myself as well, because I'm not a technologist, right? I, I can bold an HTML and I'm proud of that fact. But can you go into more details as to what you meant about schemas and structured data for the web? For the web? Yeah, absolutely. So when you create a web page or when we've created a web page in the past, um, it just looks like a bag of words to machines. To humans, we're very smart. We can figure out what a web page means. Um, so when you put it together, you can look at uh, things and figure out, oh, that's a title. Oh, I know who that person is from context. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of tricks that we use as humans to, to make sense out of those bags of words. But to the machines, you know, things like search engines or um, sort of aggregators of, of web content, uh, they need help. For an example, um, I live in a city called Sudbury. Um, if you see a web page that talks about, say, uh, a tornado that's going to hit Sudbury, um, if you're reading it and you know that the site that you're on is a newspaper that's local to your city, that's great. But there's a Sudbury in Ontario, there's a Sudbury in Massachusetts, there's a Sudbury in England, and depending on where that tornado is going to hit, it's going to be pretty important um, or it's going to be not important at all to you. Machines have trouble figuring out um, that uh, sort of uh, locality. So, um, and there are other examples like my name. I'm a, uh, I'm a librarian in an academic institution in Northern Ontario. There's a Dan Scott who's a, uh, a faculty member um, down in Southern Ontario. Um, there's a Dan Scott who's... Uh, the top hit for um, Dan Scott on Google at times um, with a web page called I Hate Dan Scott from the uh, <laughs> One Tree Hill show, uh, which is always good for vanity searches because it stops you from doing those again. Um, so the idea of, of structured data and schema.org is an example of that, is to provide some markup specifically for the machines so that they can look at uh, the page, sort of the hidden markup behind uh, the computer. And figure out that when we talk about Sudbury in this case, we're talking about Sudbury, Ontario. Um, and you might even give coordinates um, in, a, in a case like that. Or when you talk about Dan Scott in this case, you're talking about Dan Scott, the uh, prolific researcher in Southern Ontario, not that uh, fleabag librarian from Northern Ontario. Um, <laughs> these sorts of things. And events are actually very, uh, very important uh, as well. So um, my work is trying to um, work with library data um, because we do a ton of work with uh, various types of metadata and we haven't been very good about uh, publishing on the web um, and trying to get that out in the hands of machines so that they can make our resources that we have in the library more accessible to everybody else who's out in the community. So you talk about these, I, I'm going to call them smart machines and <laughs> they kind of start, start understanding context behind things. How is that important to the way citizens start to interact or have new ways of interacting with the government and the government interacting with citizens? Sure. So one example, um, when Richard was, uh, was in Sudbury, he was talking about some of the frustrations he had with uh, federal and uh, other governmental websites. Um, he was talking about how sometimes it is difficult to figure out how the humans had uh, decided to structure the data. And so an example of that um, in Sudbury is 
Um, just a simple thing like garbage collection. Um, and uh, one thing that frustrates me is when I need to figure out, okay, what dates is it possible for me to bring um, toxic materials uh, to the, the local site so they can be disposed of um, appropriately? There's a very limited schedule for that. And to find that information on the current website, you have to dig down through a ton of different pages, and you'll find it kind of scribbled down at the bottom of, of one of the pages. No, no offense to the good people of, of Sudbury who have put the website together. The information is there. Um, but if they were able to mark that up in such a way that it said, here's the location of the site, and here are the dates when these certain events are occurring, um, things like search engines like Google or Bing or Yahoo or Yandex um, or other um, uh, other aggregators like citizens who want to pull together information from the city would be able to scrape that information out and have a much better chance of publishing it and uh, doing it on automated fashion rather than sort of manually taking a look at the website and then publishing their own uh, human readable version of the uh, the city website. Um, so it's a very small example of how you can add structure to content that's already in the web and make it open data that is much more easy to work with, that doesn't require humans to uh, manually go through and, and figure out all the, uh, the content behind it. Now, you hold a, an interesting role as a librarian, a systems librarian, and I think it's important to note at this point that when most people think of librarians, they think of books. They think of that, that old lady with the glasses in your school library. I know that myself, Samir, other people sort of within our circles have made a concerted effort to get more librarians involved in this open gov and open data conversation because you guys have a very interesting perspective on data. I mean, you spent an entire career, you spent thousands of years cataloging information and finding best ways to, to research and find that information like the Dewey Decimal System. You're very much part of that conversation. But how do we get, say, some of your colleague librarians who may not be part in this open gov and open data conversation that their input would be much more – their input is, is needed, but they're not there. How do we get them there? Yeah, well, I think once you start talking to librarians at public libraries and academic libraries um, about the, the possibilities for open data, they get really excited about the idea of, hey – we have a bunch of information that we need to describe and structure and make available uh, to our citizens. Um, can you help us with that? Uh, it's almost like dangling a red flag in front of a bull. They're going to go running at it because they're going to have great ideas about how to, uh, to structure that and make it, uh, make it more readily accessible to, hu to the humans, the citizens, um, to help us uh, assess our government and start making new services based on that data. Um, so cataloging, like you said, is a, is a core skill for librarians. Um, and that's something that they can run with. There's a, there actually are a lot of librarians who are interested in helping with um, open data when uh, sort of the movement uh, is, uh, is in play. And so that's one role that I'm hoping to be able to help with uh, in Stubbury, certainly, is to, um, to help kick that off since there's, uh, there's some good, um, uh, good initiatives kicking off in Sudbury. Hopefully with the, the new council coming in, we'll be able to, uh, to take, take a hold of that and steam ahead. 
Perfect. And I just want to, before we wrap up, uh, just talk about this kind of idea of data literacy. As a librarian, kind of the whole idea of cataloging information and understanding information is core to what you do. How do we make sure that data literacy is something that's core to not just what a librarian does, but a lot of the other, the other kind of functions that we have in our governance structures as well? That's a great question. Um, I'm lucky to have... Samir is full of great questions, by the way. <laughs> That's good. So, I mean, I'm lucky enough to uh, have a colleague, uh, Tomasz Mrozewski, Mer who is um, a data and GIS librarian. And um, this is sort of a new, uh, a relatively new uh, creation in the world of libraries. Uh, and th the role of a data and GIS librarian is typically to work with students and researchers to make them aware of how to... Uh, make sense of data. So um, I think we're going to see naturally over time, as uh, library, libraries have already realized the importance of this, and we're starting to spread this data literacy to um, those in, uh, in higher education, certainly. I think naturally over time we're going to see a citizenship uh, that is more well-versed in data literacy. Um, certainly there will be uh, a need uh, for efforts to promote open data to have accompanying data literacy uh, information sessions as well uh, to, to help citizens understand what uh, exactly is being made available. So I think there's a role there uh, that we can play as well. Well, this is this is tremendous, and, and this is part of that whole capacity building that kind of, at one point it was intimidating to build a website and you needed a webmaster, say, like back in the 90s. And, and now the, the WordPresses of the world, the Tumblrs of the world made it easier for people to create websites and hopefully that will be the same thing that happens with data and i certainly hope that you play a role with it because i think you have an understanding you can be one of those uh catalysts to make it happen so thank you so much for being part of the conversation today fantastic thank you richard and thank you samir it's been a pleasure talking with you that was dan scott from laurentian university on the open government podcast thanks for joining us today and we'll be back soon with our next interview with someone in the open government community if you've got any questions about today's episode, if you'd like to discuss anything uh, with Dan himself, uh, Dan, can you tell us, uh, tell the audience your Twitter handle, please? Twitter handle is denials, uh, D-E-N-I-A-L-S. The hashtag for this podcast is OGTPod. My Twitter handle is at Richard Pietro. I'm at Vasta. Again, thanks to Keith McDonald for the podcast music. And until next time, I'm Richard. I'm Samir. Thanks for listening. Thank you.